Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Mark McGee to discuss the Sarlacc Pit sequence from Return of the Jedi. Hello Mark. Hello Eric. Hello again, hello again, hello again. And uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, this is your first uh, go at a Star Wars subject, isn't it? I know, I feel very left out. I know, and you've been a big Star Wars fan and all. Um, sorry about it, that. It, uh, no, that's fine, I forgive you. We're doing a good one. So. We are doing a good one, or are we? Stay tuned throughout <laughs> the episode. Fine. All right, so I, I know you're a Star Wars fan. Everybody yes. else out there doesn't know you're a Star Wars fan. How big mm. a Star Wars fan are you then, Mark? I, I was seven years old when the uh, original one came out. Um, not episode four, just Star Wars. <laughs> so it hit me right at, at just the right time, I think. You know, never seen anything like it before. It was nice and cheap to go to the cinema. It used to go all the time, and this came along. Bang! It was magic. That was that was it. Hooked. You yeah, know, that, you... that was that was my Christmases for the next thirty odd years. You were the perfect so, age, weren't you? Seven years old when the first Star Wars came out. So oh, you yeah. must have been about nine-ish when Empire came out, nine yeah. or ten, and then a, approaching your teens for uh, Return of the Jedi then. Yeah, well, that made absolutely no difference, so that was fine. But Did yes. you have a problem with it, though? I mean, you know, you're coming up to teenagehood. Did you have a problem with Return of the Jedi? Because a lot of people, you know, um, kind of like had a bit of a problem with the muppetry of Return of the Jedi. Were you all right with it? Were you still at no. that age that it, it didn't phase you? I was fine. I mean, you've got to remember some of the other stuff that was about at the time, you know, the physical puppets. It was You were quite used to it. Mm. You know, things like, I don't know, can't remember exactly when, but you know, things like Dark Crystal came out and uh, you had all sorts of uh, creature effects, things on the telly. Uh, Jim Henson's story, uh, what, was, what was it? Jim Henson's story, storyteller. Storyteller, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah which with John Hurt, you know, again, and of course Fraggle Rock and all that other malarkey. So it didn't really, <laughs> didn't really bother me at all that that aspect of it. In fact, I quite liked it because that meant more toys. Right. See, I'm I'm a bit I'm I'm a bit older than you, and I was actually 21 when Return of the Jedi came out, and <laughs> you know, and I remember, you know, back then. I did have a bit of a problem with the Muppetry and everything because I, I, I wanted another Empire Strikes Back. I'd loved Empire Strikes Back and I wanted Empire Strikes Back again, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, um, and I can remember um, me and the other projectionists, we, we, and we went up and we saw it at the Din Dominion Tottenham Court Road back when it was a cinema. You know, it's a, it's a venue now, isn't it? But, and I can just remember coming out and thinking... Well, all the bits that I saw in the trailer were great. You know, the, 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 the battle over at Endor and the speeder bike and blah, blah, blah. But just being a bit, ooh, I don't know about the Muppets. Mm. Now, the, the only problem I had with Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks, 
And I think that that was prevalent across across the board for anyone like me that were particular mm. fans of the Empire, because I always went for the for, for the bad guys because they always had the better stuff. And, and it was just that: how can these primitive bears defeat this mighty imperial forces? And I, I had a, I had a grudge against them for a long time <laughs> until until quite quite recently when when a certain other small furry animal appeared um within the star wars universe right. and, and i kind of look back now and i think well actually the one big endearing thing that the the ewoks had was the first time they encountered the heroes they tried to eat them yes people tend to forget that that they, yeah. they, they, that they were yeah because also at the end of the film you see all the stormtrooper helmets there yeah, and, yeah the, the, the inference <laughs> there is that they're, that they're having a good old barbecue around the yep. back aren't they yeah pe- pe- people <laughs> forget about that but I love the idea that you you had a you you held a grudge against oh. them for years. I've got oh. this mental image of you walking through a toy shop, and if you ever saw a teddy oh. bear that looked a bit like it, you'd give it a good kicking or something. Well, yeah, it was a four-letter word to me. <laughs> Terrible. It is a four-letter word. I never thought about that. Yes, yes, okay. <laughs> All right, so yeah, yeah, we're going to be talking not about Ewoks today, and not about we we are talking about some of. Um, uh, well, some of Jabba's denizens do appear in this scene, but we won't be talking too much about them because in the future we will be talking about, you know, um, things occurring in Jabba's palace. So, yeah, it's the Sarlacc pit sequence today. It is. It is. And, yes. and yeah, I, I actually quite enjoyed this part of it when I, was, uh, when I w- watched it in the cinema. I think mainly because it was it was sort of quite scary and excited at the same time it was it was almost like a whole little piece on its own that just sort of summed up the heroism and the uh, the dark side if you like of the uh, of the star wars universe the underbelly mm. things they used to get up to it is quite a thrilling sequence and it's it's quite a nod back to you know they they always say about you know in the in the first star wars you know luke and leah swinging across the chasm is very errol flynn robin Hood, yeah. and you know with luke this moment we'll be talking about today uh, of luke's is very much in that vein of the swashbuckling daring yes. do hero yeah absolutely mm. All right, so uh, before we get into it, uh, you and I, we both watched the original version yeah. and the special edition Blu-ray version, haven't we? Mm, oh, yes. So what I thought we'd do is we'll talk mainly about, well, we'll talk first about the original and when there are changes, we'll discuss them as well, okay? Absolutely. All right, then. Well, let's go ahead and have the clip then. Victims of the almighty Sarlacc, His Excellency hopes that you will die honorably. But should any of you wish to beg for mercy, the great Jabba the Hutt will now listen to your pleas. Jedi. 3PO, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth to get no such pleasure from us. Right? Jabba, this is your last chance. Free us or die. (laughs) 
original version the sequence starts with Jabba's sail barge and two skiffs flying yeah. over the dunes there and yeah. look at looking at it now I mean that that shot still looks okay if anything if, there, if there's a criticism to it the shadows that they've animated they've hand animated the shadows on the sand dunes as they fly them over they look a bit soft in this yeah. original version all right so that's how the original sequence starts the special edition Blu-ray sequence, we have a little precursor to that, don't we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> which, is the, which is the Bantha herd. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so, okay. Why? <laughs> right, that's my first question, yes. Why? What, what, what on earth, apart from fan service yeah. um, and saying, oh, look what we can do, um, They've bunged the, this herd of banthers in, okay? Now looking quite crude because, you know, 97 mm. was the special editions and, you know, CGI has moved on an awful lot since then. They, they, they seem to be done very crudely. And the worst thing I've got, the worst thing that I can say about this is, is where are they going? Because when, when the camera pulls away, they're a herd, they're moving in unison to what looks like a sheer wall of sand, Oh, perhaps they're heading for the Sarlacc pit. But they can't. There's a wall of sand, right? It's like a cliff face right in front of them. It looks rubbish. Uh, who knows? It's, it's one of these mysteries of life. But <laughs> something they did rejig um, is when you do, you know, the sequence starts on the special edition and you see that yeah. bit we just talked about, the sail barge. They, they've tidied up the shadows. The shadows look a lot better on yes. the special edition than they do on the other thing. Can do without yeah. the Banthers, and, and I'm quite happy with the original Shadows, you know. Now, um, now have they completely replaced the sail barge with a CG version? No, it's the, exactly the same. still model? Yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot clearer, which I actually quite like. Yeah, I mean, they went back to the original negative and they cleaned stuff yeah. up. I mean, um, you, you have been watching this on the video comparison yeah. thing which i'll be putting up on the facebook page but i what i did i i watched it um have you got it when when they released you know each film individually <laughs> there was a two disc version and the second disc was the original version on dvd right. but it's rubbish quality because it's a transfer done very badly off of the original laser disc ah uh, okay then okay. so my, my original versions of vhs right okay <laughs> You still got your VHSs? Yes, in the special special silver box. Yes. See, folks, I told you he was a fan. <laughs> oh yeah. dear. Having said that, I've still got that that black executor or executor box. Do you remember Ooh. that one? The, the oh, it was yeah. ultra rare with with, with all the, all three films, and you had the art prints and stuff like that. No, so you're you're out out nerding me now. 
I am. I'm looking at it right now, and, and it's just on. The, it's just on the top of a shelf, um, and it's just. I can't remember the last time I took it down, but I know I've got it. So you know, <laughs> that's fine by me. Um, yeah. So yeah, what I did, I I I watched this second disc where you've got the original, and then watched this sequence, and then took it out the machine, put it in the Blu-ray, and and watched it. And yeah, they have. They they've totally cleaned it up. And they've they've rejigged the shadows, although I don't think most people would notice. I think I only noticed it because we're doing this podcast. Yeah, I think I think you won't unless you do a direct comparison. I mean, the, the, you watch the original one, and it does feel quite muddy mm. from from an effects point of view, and the new one feels a lot clearer. It's just you know, which which isn't a bad thing. I mean, for me, that's one of the benefits of going over it in this way mm. and bringing enhancing things, bringing things out. It's this little habit that Mr. Lucas had of uh, yeah. adding things, which we but should th- get to. <laughs> yes, but sometimes I think there's nothing that you can really do about it. I mean, the, when they ar- uh, arrive at the uh, pit of Carcoon and you've got, you know, Han Solo saying, I think my eyes are getting better, blah, blah, blah. And, and Luke saying, oh, there's nothing to see. I grew up here. Um, the, in the background, the dunes are going past because this skiff is still travelling, and they just... You're not convinced for one second that they're actually on a craft going past these dunes. It wasn't convincing on the original version, and it's not convincing on the rejigged version, because it's a composited image of, you know, the guys, you know, on on a set, and then you've got travelling sand dunes in the background, and it just doesn't look right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the lighting on the actors doesn't match the brightness on the background or what but that bit just doesn't work in either version i think no no again it's um i think part of the problem with enhancing stuff as well particularly if you watch certain films on on blu-ray these days it uh, shows up flaws that perhaps like you said you wouldn't notice otherwise Mm. yeah it it gets too too clean doesn't it yeah, I mean, I don't know. When it, once you hit the 80s, that seemed to be a recurring issue with uh, films like this, big blockbuster films, where they weren't as nice uh, as films sort of in the mid to late 70s. Mm. And I don't, I don't know why that is, whether something would change, but I'm sure that's a discussion. For another time. Some point. Yeah. yeah, all right. So um, we go back into... Jabba's sail barge and Jabba is pulling Leia to him uh, using his chain and pulls him across um, helped by Bib Fortuna uh, oh, yes. who, uh, who comes up and he kind of like grabs her by the back of the neck and pushes her forward so she's nice and close I never liked that I, I can remember in 83 <clears> thinking oh that's a bit unsettling and now in the current climate of the yeah. world it, it's even more disturbing now I think I th- yeah, I, I think so. But I think um, I think Carrie Fisher herself has talked about this, hasn't she? Where mm. she 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 doesn't see it as degrading and demeaning. She saw it as empowering because of what happens, sort of like shortly afterwards. Yes, yeah. But no, it, it just it it just seems a bit, you, you know, not 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 in spirit with the rest of Star Wars that you would have this this guy you know pushing this female up against his boss like that it just no it didn't sit well with me then and it doesn't sit with well with me now but anyway um r2d2 he meets c3po um you know c3po 
knocks into him and spills his drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, as they approach the pit, and when they get there, Luke looks down. And on the original, it looks fine. You know, you've got nice, sharp teeth and the odd tentacle here and there. Oh, yes. like nifty little sound effect, you know, of the Sarlacc or whatever is making this little noise. That looks great. That looks terrific. Oh, you yes. Get, you get to the special edition, and uh. Audrey 2 <laughs> is living down yeah. there. What, what, How the bloody what? hell did Audrey 2 get what? down there? Well, the, 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 <laughs> oh, this, is, this is me giggling for the next half hour now. The, the original one, that's actually really scary. Mm. You know, it's it's a jagged tooth pit. It's a hole. You know, yep. it's the sar, it's the Sarlacc pit, or like you say, the pit of Carcoon. And you don't know what's in there. That's the whole point. And it's left to your imagination. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you can imagine... It's sat in the it's, it's sat in the middle of nowhere in a desert, mm. so it's it's like um not what's uh, ant lion type of type of creature, isn't it? Yes, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, with digging that pit that you can't get out of, and something's something sort of in there, or the whole thing is just a mouth. I seem to recall, and this is how sad I was playing a West End Games Star Wars role playing game. <laughs> I was, that I was, was a good I was, game. Don't, don't, don't put yourself down. No, that was a good game. One of my favourite ever role-playing games to, to GM and play because it was it it was sort of like really took in the spirit of the of the universe. But they had a supplement which which had a cutaway side view of, of the uh, yes. Sarlacc pit, and it was essentially just a big mouth at the top and, and a neck and a big belly, <laughs> and that was it. So <laughs> underneath where people would be digested for a thousand years. You know, I mean, the, yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, they've updated that. I mean, they're, they're in, I think it's one of the cross-section books or one of the visual di- right. dictionaries. Um, um, there is an illustration of what the Sarlacc looks like, and it's chuffing huge. Yes. <laughs> so c- compared to the all that you see from 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 up on top, but I don't like that. I don't. I, I like the idea of you know, it's just there, and it's up to you to think what's going on there. Yeah, um, and and then you and then you get like like you say, Audrey two or three, whichever one you want to go geez. for. Oh, it, it, and, it is and bad. It's like there's there's no need for it. All right, what, so all it's... so <laughs> if Audrey two is the Sarlacc, right? What yeah. are the teeth going around the rim of that hole? Is that part of it? Is it like a tongue that comes out like the alien that's then got a mouth on it like the alien? You know, yeah, it's which, an extendable tongue, basically. Which which also has a tongue. <laughs> yeah, it's a tongue with a tongue. Yeah. And no, 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 they've also put in far too many tentacles. They've changed yeah. the sound. I didn't realise until I was watching this and paying attention for this sequence. They've changed the sound. There's far more, It sounds more like a, a proper pig squealing now. Oh, yeah, squeal, squeal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, George, what are you doing? Perhaps it's eating too many Gamorrean guards. It was, <laughs> that's, it that's just, it's trying to attract them. It was not necessary. This this just no. wasn't needed. It looks terrific. I mean, yeah, a couple of times, you know, later in this sequence, when the stuntman falls down and touches one of the teeth, you can see it go boing because they're made out of rubber, you know. Yeah. But it's a terrific design. Leave it alone. Yeah. And again, I... Like you said, I'm I'm watching the comparison video. I'm at six minutes, six seconds for anyone who's who's, who's watching this video. And there's the shot, close-up shot of this new Audrey thing, and the CG is rubbish. It it's is awful. It, it just takes you out. It's like it's it just sat on top of 
the physical effect. And for me, that's one of the big differences between CG and physical effects. Physical effect, it looked real, like, even though, like you said, you know, it's rubber, rubber spikes, and I don't know why they're going down rather than up, but who cares? But instantly you see that really, really bad CG beak. It just yeah. takes you out of the moment so quickly, and it's awful. It, it's textured badly, it's coloured badly, it's composited badly. Everything about this is bad. You know? <laughs> yeah. Even in the lighting on it doesn't match the background lighting. No. no yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> okay. Well, C-3PO, he does his announcement about, you know, hopes you will die honourably, and uh, R2 skitters off, um, noticed by Boba Fett. <clears throat> and uh, Luke is moved into position uh, on the little plank there, and he gives his salute. And this is my favourite bit of this sequence. It is this next bit, you know, because... It's just a terrific moment. I mean, you've got the great stunt work, you've got great editing, great music, um, you know, and it's just terrific the way he bounces, turns rounds, and springs back yeah. up again. At the same time, R two D two fires the lightsaber, and then Luke catches it. This is this is Luke being a hero. This is right. Here we go. I might go off on a bit of a rant here, in which case, <laughs> stop me, Mark. But in this film, I mean, I was twenty one, but I'm sure if I was eleven, if I was ten years younger, you know. In this sequence, and Luke at the end of the film, he's the hero. You know, he. Yeah. I, everybody now goes, "Oh, Han Solo, so cool." But in these moments, Luke is the hero, and it's like, "Oh, I want to be Luke Skywalker." And this is the problem that I've got with the Last Jedi, in that uh, this is <laughs> our hero, and now this is our hero, and it's like that's not fair. You know, it really isn't fair. Oh, come on. But he turned anyway. into Victor Meldrew, but there you go. Yeah, sorry about that. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting back on track. But no, I mean, it's it's terrific. You know, I love it. Yeah. The only thing I do wonder now, which I've never thought of before until I'm doing this bloody podcast, it's like as this sequence starts and Luke gives his salute and that little hatch opens on R2-D2's dome and you yeah. see the the end of the lightsaber. And I'm thinking... How does that lightsaber fit all the way down in R2-D2 like that, right? Ah, that's, num yes. that's number one, because it's a turning dome. So his dome turns, right? But that lightsaber, being the length it is, goes from his dome down into his body, does it not? Mm -hmm. So how does that work? That, that's the first thing. And what device has he actually got inside him to actually boing that lightsaber out? Ah, now you see, there there is an answer to that. Right. It's because it is. Yes. <laughs> All right, okay, because my next question was going to be, does this whole escape thing hinge on the fact that Luke knew that R2-D2 would be employed on the sail barge? Because if, if Jabba said, no, you stay at the, um, you know, stay at the palace, well, they're scuppered, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you imagine him releasing the lightsaber inside the uh, the palace, so just bounce yeah. off the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he discreetly pockets it. It's all <laughs> on this assumption that, yes, we will be taken to the Sarlacc pit, and yes, <clears throat> yeah. R2-D2 will be on the sail barge, and yes, he will be able to get away and get up onto the top deck. You know, because he could have been skittering off when Boba Fett notices him and somebody wants another drink and distracts yes. him and delays him, in which case he gets there too late, in which case, what's Luke going to do? Yeah, and he would still have that tray on, he would. on his dome. <laughs> exactly. That, that's He'd another thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. If he still had that, how did he get that tray off? Does it fall? Uh, off? I don't know. Was it part when C three PO bumped into? I him? think it falls off when C three PO bumps into him. But supposing C three PO hadn't bumped into him, you know, <laughs> that lightsaber would have come out about two inches and popped back down again, and then Luke would have looked a bit daft. Uh, all right, but we mm. get panic within uh, the sail barge as uh, as all this is going on, <laughs> and we get Boba Fett come out on deck and flies across. Look crap in the original. Looks crap in the special edition. That not for one second do you believe that's anything other than a stunt man on wires, being you know lifted up in the air with some animated flames stuck on the back of his rocket pack. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, this was quite a disappointment as well for me. I mean, as as with most of my <clears throat> sort of, let's well, say, my generation, I've been speaking for everybody, but Boba Fett was a cool character. Boba yes. Fett was the character from Empire Strikes Back that you wanted, mainly because I think the big action figure was limited edition. You couldn't get hold of it for love and money. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that part of it was driving it. But he was also cool and enigmatic, and you do it quite sure, and he had a great ship and all this other stuff that went on. And then here, he's just, <laughs> getting back to a, to a Last Jedi reference, he snoked in, in this yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what, what galls me even more is the way they've done it in the special edition, where he just seems more pathetic. Mm. He doesn't yeah. deserve it, does he? You know, because you're absolutely right. I mean, everybody, you know, latched onto him in Empire Strikes Back. You've got three years after that of building it up in your mind and, and yeah. whatever, you know, of, oh, you know, he's so cool, he's so cool. And when you see him in Return of the Jedi, when he's in Jabba's palace, he's cool there because, you know, when Boosh says, uh, you know, I've got a thermal detonator, up comes his gun and that he looks brilliant in that shot. You know, he looks yeah. really, really good. And he looks good to begin with on the sail barge but then it's like it's almost like a pantomime peter pan fly away off of the sail barge and it's like oh you know and it's noticeable isn't it that you know in the trailer i always remember the trailer they show you the shot of him landing when he lands he looks all right he looks good when he lands but yeah. in the trailer you never saw him taking off and i think that was quite deliberate <laughs> yeah it wasn't the um, most elegant <laughs> of ascension no and he lands and I, I've always thought this this next bit the whole bobber and Han and Chewbacca that whole scuffle it's just a bit clumsy clumsy I think don't you mm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. You know, where here there yeah 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 <laughs> Rand, he, random, he, randomly hits him he's meant to be the most feared bounty hunter and you know no no it's, it's not doing him any favours um mm. And he and he gets dispatched by, um, you know, a blind man with a stick, basically, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. But worse than that, you know, in the original, he fell into the pit. Yes. And in, in this, this one, in this, in this one, <laughs> the beak comes out and grabs him. Yes. Which so he, so he goes into the inner stomach or something, does he? In this in this case. Yeah. And also, I mean, when he does that he takes off and he crashes into the side of the, of the sail barge he, he, he's he got this rubbish cry as he does so and oh. it's not modulated I mean you know his voice in the original and you know when they put old Django Fett's voice over for you know the Blu-ray um, yeah. it's modulated it's, it's distorted and you've got an electronic distortion to his voice but in this one it's the same pathetic little yodel as he, as he flies through the air, and oh, oh, what a way for him to go out! I mean, you know, I know, I know in the expanded universe, you know, that there's all these stories, you know, 
tales from Jabba's palace and things, you know, yeah. uh, where he survives the Sarlacc pit and he basically, he comes out and Dengar rescues him and he's all like, you know, all terribly injured. But yeah, he gets back on track. But mm. he, he does. I mean, the first time I encountered that the resurrected Boba Fett was the Dark Empire comic series. Yes, yes. With, with Slave 2. <laughs> where him and Dengar are not getting mm. on with each other. <laughs> if the uh, Sarlacc found me rather indigestible, I do believe yeah. was the phrase. <laughs> I, I, I prefer the idea that he didn't survive and, you know, um, the Jawas find Slave 1 and they just, you know, strip it to pieces. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did, I did a diorama depicting that. You did, didn't you? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't figure out what to do with the slave one because everything, you know, do something different. I like the idea that the Jawas put tracks on it and it's like a mini sand crawler. Slave one gets turned into a, like a mini sand crawler. Or a giant dust buster for the, for the Dune Sea. <laughs> yes. They're cleaning right. it up. <laughs> any road. Ne- yeah, any road. Next, we've got the empowerment scene. Um, Princess Leia, you know, strangles Jabba. Um, yeah. And, you know there was no need for her to actually kill him i mean what's he going to do if she didn't kill him what's mm. he going to do he's just going to he's just going to waddle about isn't he? he he can't he can't affect <laughs> the battle in any way whatsoever apart from telling his men to do stuff you yeah. know and and it, and it did almost sort of come out of the book uh, mind you at the time never crossed my mind watching it he just thought it was a, it was a cool thing and then, like you say, as you get older, you look back on these scenes and, and you think, why Why did she actually decide to choke him with his It's choke? payback, isn't it? It's payback yeah. time for the humiliation. Yeah. You know? and, and that's what I think was what she was getting at when she's talking about this actually being a sort of an empowerment yeah. moment. But murder... Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. She's the sister of a Jedi or a Jedi to be, you know. So, yeah, it, yeah. it, it it's it's um, not very enlightened um, revenge and murder, really, is it? But no, but it, but it does show that you don't um, <laughs> don't annoy her, don't mess with her. Yeah, yeah, no. And yeah. it's good, it's a good moment for her. It absolutely is a it's a great moment. And and still now, you know, that's a chuffing great big puppet, basically, isn't yes. it? And and it's being puppeteered from the inside. And his death throes, and when he finally goes and his tongue is waggling out, it's still oh. is, is, is really, really good, isn't it? And the, and the death rattle. Yeah. <laughs> As he goes out of it. Oh, it is. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, outside, we've got that Lando and Han scene, uh, yeah. you know, about, you know, wait, I thought you were blind and everything. Um, I love the Sarlacc noises in this because there's a bit – I always – remember hearing this noise when that tentacle grabs lando's leg and goes yeah. to pull him down he sort of makes a noise but there's another squeal and i thought that was lando as well but it's not as he goes the the sarlacc does its little squeal at the same time mm. yeah and again I, again these changes with the beak and the extra tentacles i don't actually think add anything at all to that scene i don't need to there was all, there was already that sense of um, impending doom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I did notice, and I don't know whether you did. They actually changed Han's dialogue. No, what, I didn't notice what, that. What he actually says. Go on. Um, hang on. <laughs> It'll come up in a second. <laughs> <laughs> when the, when uh, Han's hanging over, 
yeah. where are we? Oh, I remember oh, yeah. reading about this. Yeah, he says in the original, all right, it's all right, trust me. Mm. And then in the revamped edition that I'm watching, he says, it's all right, I can see a lot better. Mm. Now, presumably they didn't bring Harrison Ford back for the special edition to re-record that. That, that must have been another take. Or just it must out- have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just but, something left but, over. But it's overdubbed because his, his, his lips are actually saying the original. Oh, right. So I hadn't noticed. I hadn't noticed. No, you wouldn't do because it's over in, in like a second or, or, right. or less. Right. But I just find it intriguing as why they felt the need to change that. Mm. Because, you know, at this stage, obviously, Lando and Han have had a bit of a tumultuous relationship. <laughs> as soon as he betrayed him yes. know, beforehand a couple of times. And now in the original one, he's telling Lando to trust him. Yeah. Which kind of, for me, was reinforcing it. Whereas this uh, this change of dialogue is almost like the, you know, the change for the Greedo shot first. It could <laughs> be, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, it just makes him slightly weaker. Yeah, poor old Han Solo. They're watering him down, aren't they? Yes. Never mind. But like you say, I mean, we've still got more rubbish Audrey 2s going on all over the place, you know, with the stuntmen falling down in. And uh, Luke Luke, uh, jumps across onto the sail barge, which I, 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 I never found that convincing. The way he leaps like that and sort of like hangs onto the side. Yeah. Like he's Spider-Man or something. Yeah, because there aren't any handholds there. No, no, no. It's a sheer 45-degree angle, isn't it? You know, yeah. <laughs> you just slide off. Uh, and that superb, fortuitous moment where the one next to him opens. Yes, and he just <laughs> pulls him out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, it's all right, though. It's all right. Um, and we go inside, and I, I love Salacious Crumb. I've always loved Salacious Crumb. And uh, we've got the whole bit where he's pulling C-3PO's eye out. Um, (laughs) And, uh, no, I love it. And, and, you know, R2-D2 gives him a zap and uh, up he jumps and he he cusses from the the rooftop. Now, I should have looked it up before I did this, but uh, years back on Star Wars in character, they did an episode on on Salacious Crumb. And they had an interview with the guy who did the voice of Salacious Crumb. And it's just made up. You know, it's a made-up language that he did. And I seem yeah. to remember it was something to do... When he went in, they were talking about something about, oh, you're in a castle and there's a giant and you're stealing his food. You've climbed up on the table and he's grabbed hold of you and you've got to react. This giant has got you in his hand and you've got to react, okay? And that's what he did. He just blah, 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 blah. He came out with all this. And that's what they used. They used <laughs> the original, you know, recording that he, he, he first did. So it's some sort of cussing that salacious crumb was doing because when he was caught by a giant which they have now used as well he's basically telling c3po and r2d2 what he thinks of him isn't he <laughs> yeah definitely and again it's this is this is the sort of comedy that fits with in this in this universe mm. these little these little bits they're not outright straight flat jokes it's little sort of light comedy moments within a, quite a dramatic yeah um, ele- element that just lift it slightly, but and then it'll move on. Yeah. See, this I, I don't mind this. I don't. We, we, I keep saying the um, the term muppetry, and you know, um, I really I shouldn't. You know, um, um, this 
salacious crump works in this context you know it, it's obviously yeah. not a man in a suit it's a tiny little creature i know it's a puppet but you know the design of him the way he's animated the sound effects much like when you see at the beginning of labyrinth you see all the goblins yeah. you know um waiting for sarah to you know say the thing and you know i know that they're puppets but you go along with it the problem i had with return of the jedi um, with a lot of the puppetry is the cuteness of a lot of them, you know, like Droopy McCall and all these other ones that were in, in, in yeah. Jabba's band. They're the ones that I had a problem with. These ones are fine, you know. I, yeah. I, I, I've always loved Salacious Crumb. So thank goodness we didn't go further back to do a comparison. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, dearie me, that would be too much swearing. <laughs> but uh, we go up on deck and... Uh, you know, Luke says to Leia, get the gun pointed at the deck. And um, again, she's got another job to do now, which is great. You know, she isn't just some heroine who's waiting to be rescued. You know, no. that was never Princess Leia. It wasn't no. in the first one. It wasn't in the second one. And it's sure not in this one. It's no. because of Princess Leia that the barge blows up. She does. She points it down at the deck. He gets shot in the hand first, though, doesn't he? Yeah. 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 And, and, and uh, sorry, Mark. Yeah, I was, I was going to mention a Last Jedi thing there, but <laughs> okay. I don't know whether we should or not. Right. But but that that was nicely carried forward into that. Yes, very much so. Um, and the droids go off the side. Um, I'm guessing that was if there was a stunt, that wouldn't have been Anthony Daniels in that suit. If there oh, is somebody in that suit, that's got to be a stuntman. But boy, that must have been tricky with all those hard edges and everything. Even yeah. if you had like a, you know, a trampoline or a, you know, whatever underneath that, that, that's got to have been a tricky stunt to do. Yeah. It, it can't have been comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You were saying just a minute ago about badly dubbing Han and this is the badly dubbing where Luke says, come on, um, to Princess Leia doesn't he and it, it's clearly just being dubbed on it doesn't match at all what he's his mouth is doing um, <laughs> and, and yeah they, they shoot the gun and this this moment always gets me is where is the fulcrum for the rope because when they swing on that rope right they start <laughs> on the barge and they land on the skiff but there's 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 no there's no there, there, there's nothing to attach that rope to that would have reached out for them to swing that far well, perhaps it's attached to the thing that the Banthers were heading towards. Early. Oh, it could have been, couldn't it? Mm. Maybe, maybe. Um, so they go and they pull the droids out of the sand. Um, these two perfectly placed legs of C-3PO's <laughs> sticking directly <laughs> straight up. Um, and we get the big explosion of the barge blowing up. And then we get a wipe uh, from the barge travelling to space and then we have the falcon and the x-wing going their separate ways don't we yeah absolutely the question i had why why did they blow up the skiff why 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 not off sail bar sorry you know why, why didn't they just take that rather than evacuating well, to the again skiff? i think it's payback for all the people that are on board you know they're all jabbers uh cronies and i guess if you blow up the sail barge maybe you're making tattooing a bit of a nicer place by getting rid of so many you know in one go also bib fortuna's on there and you know princess leia wanted payback for him i guess as well i suppose i, I just yeah. feel sorry for the chef yes all, <laughs> you know, all, all he was doing was, was making nice food although 
anybody listening to this that that listens to Star Wars in character will know that an awful lot of the the main named characters that are in Jabba's palace who happen to actually be on the sail barge actually survived it, and Good. it. Yeah, it's basically Jabba is about the only one that actually was killed in that somehow. But yeah, thank you, EU. Right, so the sequence is over, so we'll go on to behind the scenes, okay? Yeah. Now, the original version of, of this sequence was quite a bit different because um, originally they arrive at the pit just like we see. Um, our heroes are all searched and stripped of their weapons and it says in the script that they look in the pit to see a disgusting mucus-lined hole. Around the edge of the cavity are thousands of needle-sharp teeth and four thin, ten-foot-long feelers that sweep across the sand looking for victims. Yeah, that now, works for me. Yeah, no mention of Audrey too. So this <laughs> th th this thing that sometimes George Lucas would say of, oh, I always intended it to be like this way, but we didn't have the technology. Uh, no, yeah. that's the description of the original one, okay? Yeah, which works so any because cause it's in environmentally sound, if that makes a sense. Not, not as it's good for the environment, but it, it sounds like something that would exist in yeah. a desert environment that's constantly hunting for little bits of food that just wander its, wander its way. Yeah, it's like a trapdoor spider, isn't it? You yeah. know, you just wait for something to come along. You do, you do wonder how long you've got to wait until your next bit of food comes along. But if you digest well, something over a thousand years, I guess yeah. you can go a long time between meals, can't you? I suppose. And you've got those random wandering herds of bantha, so there you go. That's, that's fine. That's what it is. <laughs> Maybe the Sarlacc emits a scent that the Banthers like and are attracted to, and that's what the Banthers were doing at the beginning. They're going, Maybe. they're following this smell, right? It could be. But, but in the original version, when Luke walks the plank, he uses it as as a springboard. There's no lightsaber business. He, he uses it as a springboard to jump back into the skiff and then uses the force to pull a blaster from a holster. And that's when the fight starts. So there's no fight with lightsabers. Okay. Mm. Um, and Jabba over on the sail barge, at first he, he's amused by it, uh, but then he orders the barge to open fire on all the folk on the skiff, you know, uh, good and bad alike. But it's stopped by the droids. The droids reach the control room of the barge and they set it to self-destruct before they jump out. The barge huh. explodes and Jabba and everybody on the barge fall into the Sarlacc pit. Mm. Now, this is this is an issue with um, sort of bad guys, vehicles and bases. For some reason, they seem to seem to sort of feel the need to build in a self-destruct mechanism. <laughs> I don't know if they use the same architect or something. Yeah, I'm, try, I'm trying to think now. What, what, what science fiction uh, franchise, film, TV show is there where you haven't got a self-destruct system? That's a very good point, isn't it? Just in the bad guys one. At least, yeah. at least in a Alien, it made sense. She was, she was overloading the uh, the core, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, turning yeah. off the cooling. Yeah. But uh, the rest of them, it's it's just this big big do not press. <laughs> shiny, shiny, shiny button. <laughs> yeah. Usually behind a, a myriad of traps. Yeah, I mean, in, in the in the J.W. Rinsler book on you know the making of uh, Return of the Jedi, there that there is a transcript of um, some conversations between you know uh, George Lucas and Lawrence Kasdan and uh, Richard Marquand, where they discuss what they're going to do, and and it's fascinating that. They're discussing this sequence and um, wondering what to do, blah, 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 blah. And it was Lawrence Kasdan's idea to have the lightsaber hidden in R2-D2. 
That wasn't George Lucas. That was all Lawrence Kasdan. Mm. Okay. That explains it all then. Yes. That's, that's why there's no internal logic because George Lucas didn't come up with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, really, yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, according to Wikipedia, the Sarlaccs would begin their lives as spores and were able to travel great distances on the wind. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, once Sarlaccs reached their maturity after 30,000 years, <laughs> okay. sl slow developer, they would burrow themselves nearly 100 meters below the surface, feeding on creatures unfortunate enough to fall into their mouths. Victims of the Sarlacc would be injected with immobilizing neurotoxins that caused constant pain and, while still conscious, would be digested for millennia. The problem I've got with that is, okay, right, um, you're injected with neurotoxins to cause you constant pain and it keeps you alive. Yeah. But, but keep you alive from starvation. Well, because you would, yeah. you, you would starve to death within a, a month, wouldn't you? Well, this also begs the question, why aren't there Sarlacc hunters out there, mm. you know, that are, that are extracting and manipulating this, this venom to, to give uh, despot rulers immortality? Yeah, it's on, it's on Jabba's back door, you know. Yeah. Um, he, he, he could use that, couldn't he? Yeah, you know, he'd live forever. He could. They, you know, it's not as if no one had ever heard of them because they've been around for... <laughs> a while 30,000 ye years each yeah at least yeah all right I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure you know that they filmed this sequence at a place called Yuma in the desert um, and it was inside a 400 foot by 400 foot barbed wire cyclone fence now that fence was put round partly to keep um, you know snoopers out yeah. partly to keep the uh, the motorbike riders and that because they <laughs> people would uh, go around in in dune buggies and stuff like yeah. that and and apparently they were a bit concerned that uh they would actually start blowing up sand dunes and and ruining their fun um even oh. though they were assured no don't worry we'll we'll, we'll leave it as we found it okay <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just leave a carnivorous pit <laughs> in the center somewhere well, they didn't. For you they to find. Didn't. No, they didn't. We'll, we'll be talking about that in a second. But before that, Norman Reynolds, he was given a million-dollar budget to clear the area of all vegetation and construct a four-acre shooting area within the fence. Wow. Okay. Now, I always thought, watching this film, that, yes, you've got a full-size barge, right, and you've got a sarlacc pit, but I thought that they were filmed separately, okay, but no, the the, the full-size barge was there next to the sarlacc. The sarlacc wasn't actually in the ground, okay? <laughs> um, okay. There was a set. It, 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 there was a fake section of the ground. It was raised up from the real ground by 130 wooden posts, each 27 feet high, okay? And on that, you put the sand, and that's where the sarlacc was, okay? <laughs> so, so when a stuntman fell into the sarlacc, he wasn't just going into a hole and fell back out again. I guess there's some tube underneath. Like, when you see a construction site, when you see that working on a building, and you know you've got that tube yeah. of buckets for taking debris and, you know, roof tiles, and it would all go duk, 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 down to the bottom into a skip. Something like that, you know. So that so this whole thing was raised up off the ground, twenty-seven feet. So was the uh, sail barge. And yes, when somebody fell off of the skiff into the mouth, he would then fall through the mouth and then fall down into the uh, into the bottom onto the real ground. Hmm. 
Mm. But I always thought that was something done completely separately. But no, the two were there. The skiff was there. The Sarlax pit was there. And the barge were all there together. I suppose it makes sense. So so you're not moving around too much. Yeah. And there's a great photo that I'll be putting on Facebook. Um, Underneath the sail barge and at the back, you know, so you're not from the... Uh, you know behind they didn't they didn't do the other side of it you know um the area under the barge that housed all the offices and canteen and storage areas <laughs> are all okay. underneath there um and the production office the medical center and the carpenter shops they they were off to one side out in the open but they were disguised as sand dunes <laughs> which excellent we're, we're, I have this mental image of a carpenter trying to go back to his shop and then can't find the right sand dune, you know, and going to a real one <laughs> instead of the fake one, you know. Yeah, remember where we parked? Yes, yeah. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Now, the shots of all the folk falling into the pit were problematical uh, because of the amount of injuries that were occurring. And a lot of this was to do with, apparently, there was a rivalry between the American-English stunt crews seeing who could do the most daring stunt and who could do it from a certain height, etc., etc., etc. So there was a proper rivalry going on there. So who who, who volunteered to be C-3PO then? Uh, it doesn't say. This is all oh. guys jumping into the, into, the, into the Sarlacc pit, you know? Uh, yeah. Awesome. Now, the, the full-size barge, it was dismantled after shooting so that the lumber could be reused. But there was talk before they actually did that. The city of Yuma was interested in buying it because they wanted it to be set up somewhere in the city as uh, turned into a coffee shop. <laughs> that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Because, you know, that would still be a, a place of pilgrimage for Star Wars fans now. Go to Yuma and go to this coffee shop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you know that bit when... Um, uh, the arm comes up and uh, grabs the leg. Yes. Um, they had built a $50,000 animatronic arm for it, okay, to come up out of the hole. Um, Richard Marquand had okayed the use of it. Um, it was all radio-controlled. Um, but then George Lucas came up and, and he, he said no. Um, he said just wrap a, one of the dummy tentacles around the leg and reverse it, you know, mm. and that's what they did. Well, that seems a bit of a shame. Well, do they use that arm for anything else? No, maybe maybe it's turned up in another, you know, Lucasfilm production. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, and um, during the shot in which Salacious Crumb is, you know, taking out C-3PO's eye, Anthony Daniels had a panic attack. Um, yeah, and, um, you know, of course, he he dubbed his lines in afterwards you know i mean if you ever see behind the scenes and you hear him talking he's incredibly muffled so he always went back and and redubbed his lines but apparently if you listen to the original footage of it he's he's not saying you know r2 help me it's like get me up get me up because he was having a bit of a panic attack oh, God. <laughs> you know? yeah oh, um, yeah model wise um the model sail barge was 68 inches long the filming miniature was 68 inches long uh, the large-scale skiff was 30 inches long, and uh, they had some pretty accurate figures sculpted um, to, to, to be on board that. And then there was a small one, which was only 15 inches long, with uh, rudimentary figures. Yeah, I, I remember seeing shots of the... I presume it was the rudimentary figures 
that were on there. It's uh, sort of reminded me a lot of the uh, Temple of Doom minecart chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that, that they were never designed to uh, be held up to close scrutiny. It, it's a bit like no. in the first Star Wars. I mean, if you look at a photo of the Land Speeder, it's yeah. a six million dollar man doll, isn't it? You know, yes. standing in for <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Yeah, so that's it. That's all I've got for the models. Um, and then the mod, yes, they didn't blow up the real um, sail barge. They blew up the model one, and they actually filmed that on the roof of ILM. Fair enough. Yeah. So that's it. That's my behind the scenes, unless you've got some stuff. I, I don't have anything major. All right, then. You, 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 you've talked about the, the model bit. That was the only bit I knew. All right. Okay. All right. Um, so we'll go on to rating, and I thought it would be an idea Ooh. to give two ratings. Okay. Yes. One for the original one, and then one for the adjusted one. All right. So mm -hmm. shall we do original first, then? Go on, then. What do you reckon? Well, with rose-tinted glasses... As as an encompassing sequence, it's probably around seven and a half ish. Mm -hmm. I would place it like that because, like you say, it's quite exciting as, as a scene in itself. It is showing its age now uh, a bit, but I just remember that thrill watching it when I was when I was little. You know, thinking, "Oh God, he's going to fall into that pit any minute yeah. now." Or no, no, hooray! He's swung across and well, things. A hero moment, isn't it? Yeah, I've been feeling sad about Boba Fett. <laughs> all right um yeah no i i agree it's a terrific action sequence it looks a bit dated now but it's still a terrific sequence mm. so um i'm a bit more generous than you i gave it an eight okay that's fair enough which gives it a 7.75 all right all right so then we fast forward to the special edition oh. and then blu-ray adjustments what would you give for that oh that be honest, a lot of the stuff that was in there was not needed. It, it made no difference to the pacing it made, apart from, you know, the bit at the beginning where it just dragged on with this random bamfer herd. Mm. Uh, um, you know, there was a few cosmetic things which cleaned it up a bit. But just for Audrey 2, or 3, or 4, whichever <laughs> one you want to call it, uh, that's going to that's gonna bring it down to quite quite a harsh five from me. Oh, blimey. That is a quite, drop. Quite, if I'm honest, it's, uh, I found it spoiled it. It didn't need it, but that's the uh, CG kerfuffling about. Right. Uh, really didn't need. Quite a drop. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, the CGI is a distraction, but it's such a good scene. Um, I'm, I'm only dropping it a point. So it's Fair dropped enough. down to, to seven. So that gives it an average of a six. Okay. I'm harsh. You are I'm harsh, harsh and I'm proud. You didn't like Audrey too, did you? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. And they've what messed the with point? your bobber. <sighs> Made him squeal like a Gamorrean guard in a rancor mm -hmm. pit. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. Okay, that's us done. Thank you, Mark. No worries. Thank you very much. All right. And we'll be having you back soon. I've got a subject... Uh, in mind for you for the next time and uh, I, I think you're going to be rating it a bit higher I'll Ooh. say no more, I'll talk to you uh, after uh, after I press stop alright? Fair enough Alright, thank you Mark, thank you everybody Thank you very much, see you yep. later And yeah, see you on the Facebook page, bye bye